You're listening to the Relationship-Centered Learning Podcast, a podcast to inspire and empower you to be a difference maker in a dysfunctional educational system. Hear weekly from adults and students who are having a radical impact in the education space as they share from their minds and hearts, giving us practical tools that we can take back to our classrooms and campuses. Here to take you outside the educational box is author, disruptor, and your host, Kevin Curtis. Hey, welcome back to the show, everyone. On today's episode, I, along with my guest host, Denise Holiday, Circle Mama, interviews Sophia Sandrea. Sophia is a 20-year-old college student that shares with us how she struggled with gauging her self-worth versus colleges, friends, and social connections. Sophia shares how when she was struggling the most, she found herself reconnecting to those earlier relationships in life to ground her and bring her back to reality. If you want to be challenged with evaluating your self-worth, then you'll want to check this episode out. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. Welcome to the Relationship Centered Learning Podcast, where we put relationships at the center of all learning. I am double delighted today. I not only have uh, Denise Circle Mama Holiday as my co-founder on today, but we have Sophia. So welcome to the show, both of you. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Excited to be here. Excited to be speaking with you, Sophia. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yes. We're super pumped. We love having the student's voice on the show. And just like every episode, we always want to start with connections before content. So we do that in the flip five format with the GTKY questions. So Sophia, we're going to ask you five GTKY questions and then you can flip five back with us. Denise, go ahead. I'm ready. First question. You know, when I think about everything that's going on right now, music is what I turn to to lift me up. So for you, Sophia, what song brings back a fun memory when you hear it? Yeah, I definitely agree with you that like music is really good to just like escape everything especially like in the last week it's been stressful i like good vibrations by the beach boys a lot that's yeah. a really good man i didn't see that one coming beach boys at this age <laughs> yeah. that's awesome so I'll, I'll stick with music since we're relative there if you could see anyone in concert sophia who would you want to see that's honestly such a tough one i know now he's like problematic but mm-hmm. Michael Jackson, I think that'd be really cool. Oh, no, I think that'd be an amazing concert. Yeah. Despite anything surrounding him, that still, nothing takes away from that entertainment. That's a, exactly. He would definitely, absolutely. I would be right, I'd be right there in line with you if we could see that. All right, Denise? Hook me up with those tickets, Sophie. I'll be with you. The next question is, what are you currently binge watching? Okay, I just finished this show, and it was called Grand Army on Netflix. And yeah, it's pretty good. Honestly, I kind of like the high school shows. And then I've also been watching like Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. I really like that. I like crime shows and like things like that. So that was, yeah, I just started watching that last night, actually. There you go. Well, it's so funny you mentioned that because I was at a training in Nashville a couple weeks ago and somebody says, it was a high school group of teachers. And she said, have you seen Grand Army? And I said, no. So I went and watched the first episode Oh my God, Sophia, there was so much going on in that first episode. It was almost hard to keep up. There were so many storylines and twisting and turning and just like things going on. And to be honest, it was almost a little overwhelming to like take in as a first episode. So I'm in. I watched the first episode and said, oh my God, I got to find out more. All right. Question number three for me. 
I want you to think about when you were growing up, like, you know, when your mom makes like that one meal or one snack or something that like reminds you of like your childhood, what was that one meal or one snack that your mom always like took care of you or fed you or you look forward to? Okay. Well, my dad actually made me breakfast every single day before school, like okay. up, until, up until senior year. And I was so spoiled with that. So like, so every single day I would have like toast with peanut butter and scrambled eggs on the side. And Shout so- out to dad. It was awesome. so good. Yeah. Oh my God. All right. All right, niece. All right. So next question is, and I don't even know, you made me think of another question because I'm a crime show person as well. I love those crime shows. So have you watched Criminal Minds? I haven't watched Criminal Minds. I need oh. to start getting into okay. it. Okay. So then I won't even go there. Thank you for okay. asking. So the next question is, who made you laugh this week? Well, I went to go visit my best friend. I haven't seen her in such a long time. And I went to go visit her at her college and like the whole entire day, like I couldn't go in or anything because of like COVID. So we were just sitting outside, like laughing. Mm, that's oh. your best friend. Yeah. Actually, I think Denise, that was five because you started, right? So you had one, I had one, you had one, I had one, and you had one. That was five, I think. All righty. Yeah, man, that was, those goes by so quick. All right, Sophia, you get to flip five back at either one of us or however you want to do that. Go ahead. Okay. Kevin, what started, what made you like want to start a podcast, especially like on relationship-centered learning? Uh, Good question. Because I couldn't flip and travel. I was so used to traveling. So I was so like empty because I would not being able to get my message out there. I wasn't able to connect with people. And then I just realized like, okay, Zoom, like you can do Zoom, you can see people, you can connect with them. And then it just gave me another platform to fill in the gap where I couldn't present my powerful message to other people. Maybe I could just bring them on the show. And I really, what's crazy is I really thought this is what's going to do certain things. And, and it, it is totally transformed in a different way. What the podcast has given me is like nuggets. I've, got, I've gained, it's like going to professional development without having to leave my house. I bring in these powerful, even students, every single person on the show in the last 26 episodes have given me so much information and valuable things that I never would have gotten, even if, because I would have been the one presenting and presenting and giving all the information. Now I'm on the receiving end. So it's super, super selfish now. And I love doing it, but it was really a a way to fill my bucket during the pandemic to connect with others. Because to me, I just felt disconnected. Yeah. That makes sense. And even Zoom can be kind of draining at times. Oh, I, I, we, I think we can all get Zoomed out or whatever that phrase is, right? Definitely. Good question. All right, number two. This is kind of random. Something just popped into my head. Okay, Denise, do you believe in astrology? Kind of, sort of. I want to believe in it. And um, like I do go and read my little, you know, how it has your little horoscope, your horoscope for the day. And so I'm thinking and when I read it, I always think, okay, did that happen or I'm looking for it to happen? But they said once that I would find true love and I haven't found it yet. So I don't know. Maybe I don't. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Good question. All right. Question number three. I think I'm just going to alternate. Like, between There you go. That's okay. Yes. So, okay. Kevin, do you have any pets? I do. I have three dogs. They're all miniature Australian shepherds and they all start with a K. I love, since my name is Kevin with a K, my daughter's name is Crystal with a K. So I started. So I have Kayla, 
I have Casey and I have Cade. So I have two girls and a boy. Mm -hmm. And then recently we took in a, like a shelter cat, a foster cat outside. And so it, it was a feral, but it's not very feral, very tamed at this point. And we had two of them and we called them Kit and Cat with a K. Oh. And unfortunately, since they're outside cats and we live out in, kind of out in, in the woods, I'm not sure what happened to Kit, so I'm left with Kat. So I've got three dogs and one cat. Wow. <laughs> that is a full house of caves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Denise, number four. What's one piece of advice you would give to your 20-year-old self? I just turned 20, so. Ooh, what's one piece of advice I would give to my 20-year-old self? I would say to myself, girl, you matter. Like, you matter, and you are worthy of more than you are allowing yourself to receive. You know, it's so funny about that question, and I, and I, didn't, I didn't want to hijack that question, but you know, it's funny as I just saw a post from Joanna Gaines, from Chip and Joanna, you know, the people that rebuild the houses in Waco, mm-hmm. and she just posted a picture of herself as a young half-Korean child talking about if I could go back and tell myself something. It's like every adult says, the same type of message, you matter, you're worth it, your worth is not. It is so ironic that I've heard more adults tell if they could say that. Sophia, it's like every one of them has said, go back and don't listen to what other people say, or your worth is not what blah, blah, blah. It's just crazy how somehow we grow up thinking that our worth is in other people or objects or money or jobs or everything else. And then I tell, and then people get older and realize, that's not have that, that is not where our worth is found. I know. Yeah. And I even think about not only just telling myself that, but I wish that that age 20, I could go back and redo like just a moment and have a conversation with another classmate that I had on campus that was like really mean and bullied me for two years. And so And the way I handled it, my 20-year-old self handled it, was not good. Don't handle it like that. But who I am now, I would really try to get a better understanding of, you know, what did I ever do for you to think that I wasn't worthy of breathing the same air that you breathe? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good question. All right. Last one, Sophia. Let's finish up with number five. Yeah, thank you both for those answers. Yeah, I'm trying to like follow it up. Maybe I can go to like a lighter note. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Have you had like a teacher that's really like impacted you? Oh, yeah. So what's funny is we were talking about Jalen Sue earlier. Her name is Debbie Bagby. Well, it was her name. I I can't, I think she remarried. But ultimately, yeah, when Jalen was on the show and she talked about her fourth grade teacher, you know, being such a big difference. And I'm like, Jalen, you're 15 years old. Have you ever told her? And she's like, no. And I'm like, oh my God. So as soon as we got done recording that episode, I pushed play on another episode. It was my solo episode. I do one every four. And I was like, hey, man, Jalen never said anything to her teacher. I don't know if I've, I've, no, I've said it, but I want to say it again today. And so, yeah, Debbie Bagby, I just made a, a quick, you know, video to message to her to let her know, you know, there was many people that shaped me to, to kind of on the path of education, but she was the first. She was the first elementary teacher that really gave me the experience of what it was like to be a teacher and, and that feeling. And I've just never really forgot it. And so, yeah, Debbie Bagby, I think of her often as far as thanking her for just the little seeds that she planted in that little fourth grade student back in the back in the day. You know so it was also your fourth grade teacher? Yeah. 
Yes, ma'am. Yeah. I really love your thought process, Sophia, because you ask us question and we were really, I was really vulnerable and given that response. And so you knew that this was the last one. So let me bring you up. So honey, you are all about <laughs> everything that we talk about. We tell teachers, yeah, you're going to ask questions or you have circles always end on a high note. And you did exactly that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. It was natural for you to realize that. And so just as we kind of close that part of the episode, we always say start shallow in shallow. So if a question ever does go, and here's the deal. Sometimes the questions start the conversations, the answers really shape the depth of the conversation. So, hey, educators out there, just remember, you can ask a question, like a simple question, like we've had questions say, hey, what's your favorite meal, right? So I could have easily asked a question earlier, something like that. And let's say hypothetically, it could have been your grandmother, but yet she's no longer with us, with us, right? And then that could have elicited an emotional response. I wasn't thinking to elicit a deeper emotional response, but that could have happened because of your response and what it triggered, right? So just remember, start shallow, in shallow. That way, when you end and start, it, it's like ice breaking and then you come out naturally. And so great, great, great recognizing the tone of the conversation, Sophia. But for our listeners, that was the GTKY Connections Before Content part of the show. So if you want to know more about GTKY questions and you want free resources, or you want to join Denise in Circlesheim on Monday evenings, Thursday evenings, or Saturday morning, head over to our website at rclfirst.com. You can click on either of the orange links in the right-hand corner to get 28 GTKY questions that you can use in your classroom or with your staff, or you can click on the link to join Circle Time and you can get that free Zoom link to make connections with Denise and the other educators that join us weekly to help you feel valued, seen, and heard. All right, now let's get started with today's show. So Denise, I want you to set the framework of why you felt like Sophia would be a great guest on our show today. So when I, I, when I watched the Brave Fest, there was a question that was asked at the end by Emlyn. Is it Emlyn? Yes. By Emlyn. I remember her name. I'm usually not very good at names. So that's <laughs> how impactful it was. Um, she asked a question of you guys, what does it mean to be brave? And so to hear your responses and knowing the work that we do, relationship-centered learning, and there was another one, why is the relationships important? And so I felt like every single one of your responses was exactly what we try and tell educators, parents, and students. So that was one of the reasons why I chose you. And so I would love for you to like quickly talk a little bit about, you know, for those students or those teachers making those connections. And sometimes it does take bravery to connect because not everybody has that neck. So share a little bit with us about how, what you see bravery and how it's connected to relationships or connections. Sure. Yeah. So I joined Brave in March of 2020. And so I actually, I'll give you guys a little bit of background. So last year, my freshman year, I went to school in DC and I just, it was my freshman year of college. I had like, it was really hard. I had a really hard time mentally and I ended up having to come back like because of the coronavirus and everything. And so I was just kind of left like, I don't like have anyone here. I don't really have like a community. My family had just moved to Vermont. And so it was just like, I don't know. I felt kind of like I 
didn't have anywhere to go. Like I didn't have a direction. So yeah, my mom actually knew Emlyn. And so she was like, let's set up an interview with both of you and see like if you guys can work together in some type of capacity. And so I ended up working with Emlyn and then we like completely had to reconfigure everything that Brave was doing because a bunch of things got canceled, like all the funding. It was just like very difficult. So then I think both of us really liked the idea of having young people like in the program. So then we kind of like went and recruited ambassadors from like different high schools and stuff like that. But yeah, all of them have been honestly amazing and yeah, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little bit off track here, but all of them have been like amazing, like contributors and like some of them, they're like 15 years old and they're just like talking about these like insane topics. And I'm like, how do you even have this type of knowledge? Like, it's crazy. I think for all of us, what it took to really like do this was to recognize like we literally have no idea what we're doing. Nobody knows what we're doing because it's 2020 and everyone's reconfiguring every single thing and just like embrace like not knowing where we're going what we have to work with and just completely like start from square one and like build it from there just like through relationships I love the idea of what you're saying and I think for many educators and many people right now I think the hardest thing right now is embracing the unknown what's going on, what's going to be next, like this whole virtual world. And so um, to be 20 years old and say, what we had to figure out is we're going to embrace not knowing and build it from the bottom up. So thinking about, you know, building it from the bottom up and probably had some hiccups as we all do when we get there. What was the things that helped you guys really push through those times and how was it related to like connections or relationships if at all it may not have been I mean I think the whole like ambassador program in general and just having like we kept adding on more people and we added on not just people from Austin we now have like an ambassador from New York and so I feel like we couldn't even have done that if if everything wasn't virtual Mm -hmm. and so yeah, so you we have like pros and cons. So. Yeah, no, so you like you said earlier, I mean, we're able to at least use Zoom to connect, which is why you, you know, when I mentioned the podcast. So you're able to kind of use that to get past and navigate some of those obstacles of of bringing in other ambassadors outside even the Austin area in Texas. So when you think about this and you go back and you think back, okay, so I want Sophia to go back and I want you to think about not just brave ambassadors, but I want you to think about just you as a, as a student and as a human being in a classroom, what were some of the qualities and characteristics of teachers that stood out for you that made the strongest connections for you? What were some of the examples that they did or what, how would you describe some of those teachers that really stood out for you through your educational career? So in elementary school, I went to a really small private school. And so I had a piano teacher that We worked together in the classroom of like five kids and it was like a remodeled closet. We were all like shoved together. And so that was seven years, every single day piano. So yeah, my teacher and I, like, I feel like we really like were able to make a connection just because like, I don't know, we had to make the best of being like in this super confined space together. And she was a very strict lady, but also like, so nice at the same time 
but she was definitely the only teacher that had like ever seen me cry because I felt like comfortable to be able to just like express like how I felt because I was just like really reserved when I was little and I remember like every class she would like turn on this song when we were like five she would turn on this song and it was like it was called Dirty Larry and it was just like I don't know why but and then we would all like she would just let us like pretend to be like cats and like crawl around the room for like 10 minutes of the class but then like right after that we would like go right back up and like get back to like what we were doing and so I feel like having like both sides of like you're like a strict person then you also like show that you're a kind person really helps I love that it's like you know I see that as like okay so I'm gonna bring structure in the classroom Mm -hmm. but I'm also gonna just as an educator or teacher I'm gonna let my hair down and allow them to just have fun and you said elementary so when I think about elementary I hear a lot of stories from elementary like that foundation the elementary teachers get it they create those relationships They create those silly moments. As you transition to middle school or high school, what were some of those things, if any, um, the teachers showed you? Yeah, I honestly, I had a very hard time in middle school because I got mono and like rheumatic fever. So I actually kept having to like go in and out of school and I missed like almost a year of school because of that. And I did online school, but the teachers that were at my old school and were like helping me, like when I thought I was going to be able to finish up the year and stuff, just like, they really were like so flexible for me to try to finish up like my work. Cause this was all before I went to public school for high school, which I didn't have that same experience. I still had some great experiences, but like definitely like in a public school I feel like they couldn't be like as flexible and like nurturing I guess and like for a while they were like okay you can go to school half day every day if you can do that and so they just like allowed me to do that. So the flexibility Mm -hmm. um, from the flexibility of a private school to a public school um, was that like a shocker for you once you were in public school for high school? And was there any one teacher that once you made that transition, even though it was kind of like a wake up call, was there any one teacher or student connections that you can think of that kind of helped you push through that uh, transition and adjustment? So it was definitely hard for me. And at first I was like, mom, like, I want to go back to my other school. Like, please. And she's like, nope we used all of your our money to pay for elementary and middle school so you can get the foundation so that's like going back to that and so I was like okay so I'm stuck here it's fine it's a great school by the way I love my school in the end but yeah I ended up this wasn't so much like a super close connection or anything but I really liked my geography teacher freshman year it was like my first period freshman year she was super like structured. She made she made everything like super clear about what she wanted for each project. And I would sometimes like sit in her room like with my friends at lunch because she would just like have her room open and be like, oh, like anyone can sit here. And then I ended up like going on a trip that she led a couple years later. So yeah. And I think like she chose me to like recommend me for the 
trip because she knew me. Gotcha. Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, just in the couple of examples that you've been able to give us, you mentioned like structure. You mentioned structure and kind of strict. And, and I think sometimes that we connect with the teachers that, you know, are human and show us they're, they're real people. But at the end of the day, you know, I do think that there's something that draws us into that structure and organization and, and, and I won't use the word strict, but the idea that there is expectations, right? And so do you, have you ever noticed yourself, Sophia, that maybe that's the environment that you strive to, that you learn in the best is when it's organized and structured and expectations are clear, but yet the balance of, of the leader of the class able to connect with you? Do you feel like that's a really good balance that works for you? Definitely. Like, so I'm the type of person, I'm like an extreme perfectionist. Like, so it's very helpful for me to have like clear boundaries of what I want. But then again, like I'm also very like, just as a student, even when I was little, I always like, I needed the teacher to like me. I needed like everything. Like in third grade, we had a project where we were each assigned like a species of penguin. And I was like, I want to do all 18 species of penguin. So I, <laughs> so I stayed up all night in third grade to pull an all nighter for a penguin project. And then my teacher and I, like, she recognized, she was like, wow, like you worked hard. And I like, I like thrived by like the teachers recognizing like that I tried and like being like a people pleaser and like teachers, but so I can, I can resonate with that. That was, I think, if, I think if I was to describe how I grew up, it was very similar to that model. In other words, mm-hmm. I wanted to stand out versus the others. So I was willing to do above and beyond, you know, it's interesting. And I love your memories. I wish I could have your type of memory to remember oh. what it was like, but I can just, but I do remember specifically middle school. And I want to say, I want to guess seventh grade, but we had to do, we literally had to do like a bug collection go around and collect bugs and then like put them in the freezer and then like put them on pins and then like identify them and all this stuff. And I remember wanting to go around and get like bugs that nobody had, you know, what I remember capturing like this bluish greenish fly. And I was like, Ooh, nobody's going to have this. And then they were like, yeah, like six other people had it. You know, it was just one of those things, right? But you want to stand out. Yeah. And then I also, I also remember even in athletics, for me, if the coaches were saying, all right, we're running this much today, 400, 600 a mile, whatever, I really wanted to be in front of everybody and not just a little bit in front of everybody, but way in front of them because I wanted to stand out. I love that adult recognition. So do you feel like that adult recognition that somehow – what do you feel like, where does the, where do you think that comes from in your, in your opinion, Sophia? Just to never ask this question, but where do you think it comes from? Personally, I mean, I think for me, it, I grew up like an only child. So my entire life was just like adult recognition, like in order to get my parents' attention. Like, not that they didn't pay attention to me because I was like <laughs> very spoiled and like well-loved. <laughs> but um, yeah, just like, I felt like you had to do more than maybe like what would get like someone your age's attention like you would have to just like be like super mature for your age or like oh wow um, just to like and all my events and stuff like that I was like one of those kids I was like I don't want to have a babysitter I need to come to everything with my parents and so (laughs) and so and I liked it it's so funny 
and I'm going to kick this back to Denise in a second, but hey, I, I don't mean to hijack this part, Denise, but here's what's interesting. You just, you just opened something for me that I never, ever considered, and I'm 51. I always, when I asked that question, I was like, I never really thought about why I was like that. But what's interesting is I'm the youngest. Now I have three brothers and a sister, but I'm the youngest by eight and a half years. So I didn't grow up as an only child, but I grew up around older people. So for me, it was, I was always surrounded with people that were older than me, whether it was friends, uh, siblings, the people on my street who they hung around with. I rarely hung around kids my own age. And so when you said that, I started to think, I'm like, yeah, that was kind of like me that I craved the, you know, let's use adult or younger adult, adult, older people, like affirmations and, uh, and approval and I want to be accepted by them. So that's really interesting that you said that because that's the first time I've been able to reflect on why I felt like I needed or was drawn to stronger connections with, you know, affirmations and those from adults versus my peers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel the same way for sure. Good. It's definitely cycle of like wanting approval and then like kind of asking for, it's not asking for attention, but mm-hmm. just kind of trying to prove yourself constantly. Absolutely. So say you had a, a classmate that might've been like myself in high school and I, I, I didn't care about anybody's approval. <laughs> And um, I, you know, the attention I got may have not been like the bad attention, but I was a good person inside. So if you say you have a classmate like that who, who wants to strive like to be more organized or more like setting the standards high centered, what would you say to them? Like if I wanted to know how can I be, I want to not necessarily be like you but I want to understand how to not lower my bar, but set my bar. And knowing that maybe I don't, I, maybe I am coming from a place where I, my family just lets me do whatever I want to do. What would that conversation be like? You meet a lot of youth from all over with different backgrounds. What would that conversation be like? I mean, I feel like I'll just try to understand it from your viewpoint because I kind of feel like the way that, I kind of grew up with it. It was kind of a toxic mindset for me. And like, it was very like perfectionistic and like in the long run, it wasn't good for my mental health. So I don't really think it matters. Like, I think, I mean, I know so many people, they end up like, it doesn't matter. Like, you don't, it doesn't matter what school you go to. And I honestly did not really accept that until like this year. Like I was very kind of, driven by like I need to prove myself by going to this like name school I need to have everything like on paper that looks like I'm doing good or I'm better and it's like kind of a superiority thing and then like if you don't do that it's like it like determined my worth I guess so Mm. I don't I don't think it matters and I think it's good to like be in the mindset where you're not seeking anyone's approval as long as you're following like your own goals Ooh, yeah so so bumps, hunting. yeah so so Sophia you said that revelation came in this last year what was some of the things that helped kind of turn your perception on that or or what was those revelations where did those some of those things come from definitely so whenever I was at school in DC it was I was so excited to go there I, it was my dream school for four years I 
got in miraculously and went there. And like once I got there, it was just such like, it was basically what I was saying, but kind of perpetuated in the entire environment. So everyone was just completely elitist. Not not everyone, but it, you could just feel it. Like everyone was very type A. So it's very like everyone's acting in self-interest. They're like, I will be your friend if you are of some type of gain to me mm. in my career or like social status or otherwise. So people would just be like social climbers or just trying to get ahead and like show that they were doing everything. Like if you don't have an internship, it was like, oh, like, what are you? Like nothing. Mm. And so that weighed on me so much. And I actually ended up like really leaning on a few of my childhood friends and I realized like how much like my relationships with my friends like from when we were little like meant to me and like just how important they were to me and I think my friends also realized that and we started like leaning on each other a lot more even though we had like fallen out of touch because they were kind of experiencing similar things because we were all like at pretty similar schools similar environments so I don't know I think just seeing kind of like the toxic mindset that I had, like seeing it kind of like played out in my environment, like made me realize that it wasn't a good place for me and that it was like instilling these like crazy beliefs that like these superficial things were like worth so much more than they were and that were like worth anything at all. And so, yeah. And like, it was a lot about money as well. And so it was just a lot. It was very intense. So yeah, I'm back now. <laughs> oh, you know what? That is, wow. I can't, I personally can't even imagine having the type of balance in perspective that you, you came to and you're 20, honey, the world, I don't think they're ready for you, Miss Sophia, because you have something for them. I love how you came to the center of finding that balance that worked for you and your well-being. And back to the roots from which you came from, you know, the relationships that you had with the childhood friends. And that's what it's all about. I'm getting goosebumps just (laughs) speaking on that. And so when I think about those roots that you had set, we're never really far from them, right? There's something that kind of gradually takes us back to that. And so, you know, knowing your mom and um, the roots from which we came and the work that she does, I wonder if that also played a role. I mean, the students that she works with, the families she works with, and you coming back to those roots that are centered in you already. Did that play a role? I mean, my mom has always been like the biggest influence on me. And like she knew from the start, she was like, Sophia, don't go into psychology like I did. I regret it. But (laughs) not because she doesn't like just because of like, it's hard to take care of her family on that. But (laughs) not because of like, she's made like so many relationships. And she's like the type of person that I really look up to because she will like make a relationship with somebody and really sustain it and she'll also like and and on top of that she'll like connect them to other people that she like sees like the same qualities in and so 
like I'm not like that at all so just seeing that and like growing up around that and growing up around like so many different types of people that she was able to like make relationships with like it definitely I feel like it exposed me to like so many different perspectives and even though I was pretty much like a bystander throughout the whole thing like we always like made sure to talk about like just because you go your life is like this that doesn't mean other people's lives are like this and so it made me I feel like it made me really empathetic for like a lot of different types of people and like how they think and like how it really all has to do with how you're raised. I think the one thing that I'm impressed by is I always say mature. You know, I think maturity kicked in and, and, and for us, it kicks in at different levels and at different places, right? For me, I think what you experienced was a maturity experience where you now had a different perspective on life, on what you thought it was supposed to look like and, and, and go through and what college and what people. And it's so interesting. And I, I'm with Denise, I applaud you at 20 because I wish at 20, I would have had a different perspective. I wish I could have seen others' perspectives. I wish I could understand what empathy was and to stand in other people's shoes. And I think what Denise, is, what, what Denise was referencing when you said, hey, I was struggling in the environment, and, you know, you're using the word toxic. So that toxic environment for you and everybody's version of toxic is different. But what's interesting is you said, I found myself reaching back and reconnecting, we'll use that word, reconnecting with the individuals I grew up with, which I had original connections with, but ultimately you guys had kind of gone separate ways, you know, in space and places. And then you mentioned the fact that your mom, even though you're not exactly cut from the exact same cloth, she's modeling and you're seeing her connect and reconnect and make people connect and all these other things. I hear what I hear, what I'm hearing is it's hard to, for us, we're wired for connection. Human beings are wired for connection. So when we stress or when we get in toxic situations or when we need other people, it's interesting. We always want to reach out to other people. And so when you reach out to other people, and let's say hypothetically, not hypothetically, let's just say when you reached out to those friends, do you feel like what you needed from them when you were experiencing this revelation in college, did you just need them to listen or did you really need them to come up with solutions? For me, I feel like it was definitely a mixture of both. And I was just such, I was in not a terrible place, but I felt so like stressed that I couldn't even think straight. So I actually had one of my friends, she came and visited me. She went to school in New York. And so she came down on a bus and visited me and we made like this entire pros and cons list of whether I should stay or I should go home. See that right there is, I didn't mean her, but that right there, that's flipping mature. I know. No, I didn't mean, I'm sorry. I know listeners are like, let her finish. But I I just want to say like right now, Sophia, that's something I can tell you at 20 years old. I don't ever remember making lists of pros and cons or whatever, but sorry, go back to your story. She comes down, you're making a list. Go ahead. Okay. She comes down, we made a list, which honestly I was so appreciative of. So I was like, I just felt like I don't even know like what to do. And so we were up until like 3 a.m. making this list. And I was like, okay. I was like, I decided, I was like, I'm going to stay until the end of the year and then I'm going to transfer. And then So then she was getting on the bus to leave and go back to New York. And then the second she left, I just like had like a breakdown. And so then I went to like a Starbucks and I was just like crying and I was like, I don't think I can stay. And so 
then I ended up leaving and my dad actually flew down the next day and we like packed up all my stuff. Mm. So you didn't well, have that support. Yeah. The so, the, no, I'm just saying symbolic, right? You, mm-hmm. you had a connection right there with you and you were like, okay, I can do this till the end of the semester. Here's our list. Everything made sense up here. Right. And, and for our listeners, I'm pointing to my brain, those that were not watching, but then in your heart right now, I'm pointing to my heart. As soon as your friend left, you were back to the island of yourself, right? Just Sophia, exactly. you, me, myself, and I. And now all of a sudden, you're like, holy crap. Now this list that seemed, I guess, somewhat bearable to a certain extent now seemed unbearable. You're like, dad, gotta go. This is not going to work, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. No, Miss Sophia, this is what I think when I hear that moment that you came back and you had that breakdown. I think about like so much strength and bravery and courage to say, you know what? To speak it, you know, because when we name it, then we put it out there and we can kind of figure it out and process it and know kind of where we want to go. So I just admire the strength and the bravery and the courage to say, all right, even though we said the end of the semester, I know deep in my soul that this is not where I'm connected to and I need to go. So kudos to you for that strength, sister. I'm still trying to get to that strength. So So do you feel like, Sophia, do you feel like, and I really mean this, are you at least grateful that you went and got to experience that? I mean, is that something you regret or is it something that you're looking back at as, as a lesson and saying, hey, you know what? I'm glad I at least did that. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm I'm so grateful that I went and I wouldn't change anything for sure. Because I know if I didn't, I would be constantly like regretting not doing it and like having this like idealized view of it in my mind. And even though like it was hard, it did teach me like I can go anywhere I want and make it on my own <laughs> and like I'll be fine. But I wasn't fine just because of like the environment of my school, I guess. But it like taught me I was like oh I can move to like a new city by myself and not know a single person and be okay so that was like that built up my confidence a lot and I ended up out of it with like a few really really close friends that like I'm gonna go visit hopefully I'm gonna go to like the inauguration and stuff like that so that was yeah I would not regret it. So I want to know this because I'm gonna carry this with me, this conversation, it's hit me really, really deep in my soul because I have a daughter who's away Mm -hmm. and glad to be away. But what I want to hear from you is what is the one thing about that whole experience from calling your friends and feeling like you want to go back to your roots? What's the one thing about all that that you will take away and you'll walk and you'll share with others as a way to empower or encourage? I would definitely say that even it was hard for me, honestly, even with my friends, just to like be vulnerable and be like, I hate this because I felt like everyone, I was like, if everyone else can do it, like, why can't I do it? Like, is there something wrong with me? But I honestly like had to explain like the situation and all of them were like so understanding. And so just like letting them know that like you appreciate them and then knowing that like, even if you're struggling, like they're more than likely going to understand. Like people understand people are empathetic. Like 
people aren't going to think like the way you think of yourself. That's what I learned. Like I was beating myself up so bad every day. I was like, what's wrong with me? Like, I can't make friends. Like everyone else made friends. Like, why do I have to go home? Like, does it show like I can't do it? But I don't really think it shows anything like that at all. No, not at all. I agree. I think, unfortunately, I, man, the way we're wired, we, we mentioned it earlier, we, we, compa- we love to compare. We love to compare our lives to other lives. And for whatever reason, whether it's Instagram or likes or colleges or degrees or something success, we, there's this margin that we all level our sticks up against, right? And we always, and that's what's interesting, we always come up short. We're never going to be the Kardashians. We're never going to have those many likes or that many people on the Instagram. And, and I think that's why I'm really encouraged by your story today. Because yeah. for me, you know, I, I said on another episode, you know, I, I, I got into coaching to make a difference. But then I got caught up with Sophia. Oh, what, what, like the same thing we were, you and I were doing when we were students. Well, I want to stand out. I want to be the best coach. I want to be recognized as coach of the year. I want to win a state championship. You know, I want to. I want accolades. I started doing it because I needed to be compared to other people. And I think when we finally shed all of those shackles of comparison and then we just become who we are, there's a total like, um, it's almost like a, a cocoon moment where you come out, right? And you retransform into this new butterfly and you're like, holy cow, I don't give a crap anymore. And, you know, I tell people all the time, the older you get, and I will tell you this, the older you get, the smaller your circle gets, and that happens for a reason. It needs to get smaller because you start realizing people come into your life for a season or a reason, and they're all a season or a reason, and then people come and go. And I tell people all the time, just like you're experiencing, when we physically move apart, when I no longer work in the same building with you, or I don't go to the same school you go, and we don't hang out, our friendship is going to be fractured to a certain extent. It happens. It's just natural. And it's so hard to, to remind people in order to stay connected, we have to be intentional. So if my friend moves away, we better be texting. We better be FaceTiming or Zooming or whatever. And we better have set times to do that because if not, our real life is going to get in the way of that. And before you know, it's going to be from, from you know seven days to seven weeks to seven months before we've reconnected. But what's interesting to me is, isn't it interesting, just like with you, your childhood friends, when you reconnect, like there's no connection, like a strong connection. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I definitely agree with you that it's really important to just like keep in contact with your friends. But then I also have some friends where it's like, like even my best friend, we we know and like we've on like in birthday cards, we'll like write this, we're like, we do not have to call each other. Like we don't ever have to call each other. We don't ever have to text, but like we'll hang out and we go to different schools, different cities, but whenever we see each other, it's like, boom, like nothing happened. Like mm, no that's, time a, by, so. that's a real connection. Yeah. All right. As we start to wrap up, I'm going to let Denise kind of put a frame around today. Okay. Yeah. So, um, man, this was great. And as I think about what we take away, I think the one thing that I will take away from this, Sophia, and I want to thank you for it, is acceptance of self. Really digging deep and saying, you know what? I know what I'm feeling. I know these butterflies and I'm good with this or I'm not good with this. And also leaning on those ones 
that helped you kind of set that foundation. So it's because of you, Sophia, that I truly, truly, truly will take this away. I will be thinking about this all week. You are strong. You are brave and courageous. And you are a woman. Phenomenally, that's you. You know, when I listen to this episode, Denise, it's, you mentioned earlier your daughter, Avery. I think of how many young college women, particularly strong women that are at college in different places across the country and home or travel. And I think that if you listen to this episode, that you'll take away a couple key points are one, don't let your self-worth be determined by your school, your degree, the people around you, what people say. I think maturity comes at different times in different places. And I believe that what you've given us today is an example of how you developed a perspective from a mature decision that you made, recognizing that your self-worth was more than your surroundings. In addition to that, you were able to hone in on the anchor points of your parents being the foundation of your connections and relationships in your family and then your friends to just show people that even though I may be at a different place or a different physical place or a different place in my life, that those connections are some things that we have to rely on when we need him the most. So what closing words would you like to share to our audience today about relationships and connections in your life, Sophia? Yeah, so definitely. I do feel like I have a really new perspective, but also in no means have I like come full circle because I still have like, Mm -hmm. I mean, at least I'm aware of it, but I still have like, I don't know, some mixed feelings about it and like, what if, what if, you know, So I feel like that's normal. And yeah, definitely don't take your friends for granted. And like, if you find somebody that's a good person, just like you, you, it's really good to make an effort. And if they're not putting in that effort back, then uh, drop them. (laughs) (laughs) My my drop. My drop. Absolutely. Well, well, I will leave our listeners with this message, just the same message for for you, Sophia. If you're not familiar with Brene Brown, you probably need to check her out. But what I would tell you is Brene Brown tells us a lot. And she said, particularly in Dare to Lead, she says, listen, we need our leaders and people need to stop trying to be right and we need to try to get it right. And so what I commend you are, just like for me and Denise, we're all in a process, Sophia. So I hope our listeners today take away the exact same thing, that that life is a process. It has ups, it has downs. It has connections. It has points where we short circuit and we feel like we question our worth and we have so many different things. But again, if we can try try to not be right, try not to get that right degree from the right college at the right time and, and have the right car and the right job and the right livelihood and the right wife or husband. But at the end of the day, if we could just try to like get it right, and that means we're going to struggle. And But when we struggle, we come back to connections. So our hope our audience will lean into each other Listen to each other, connect with each other. I hope, I hope today's episode made you feel valued, seen, and heard, and we will connect with you next time.